Hey, Bestie. Welcome back to your Orthodox Besties podcast. We are your hosts, Miriam and Mary, and we're so glad you're here tuning into candid conversations about your burning questions. If you're new to the podcast, this is a hotline style show for youth and young adults, meaning you write in your questions and we discuss them here in a short, sweet, and significant dialogue. Through our faith, experience, and knowledge, we hope to challenge your thoughts, encourage you to better understand yourself, and help you see the value you bring to this world as Christ intended. Please remember that every situation is unique to its circumstances, and our answers are not meant to be prescriptive in any way. And with that in mind, let's dive in to today's question. Okay, so we are very happy to have Father Paul joining us for this question, and we'll just jump right in. So, how can we healthily support individuals around us in their challenges? What is the line between bearing one another's burdens and trusting God to help them? Mm-hmm. A nice, easy one for you here, Father. <laughs> you know, I would also, I, I would say that this is certainly not a prescriptive one-size-fits-all thing. Uh, you know, there are certain challenges that... Uh, even those that we love, we're not meant to carry, especially if uh, the people that it is that we're caring for are uh, the re- the nature of the relationship wouldn't be appropriate that we carry that that uh, burden. Uh, it could even be a, a horizontal relationship, and that a person that is uh, coming to you and you as a young person uh, don't have the capacity or the tools, and which is very fine. We're not no one person is all things to all people. So a person might come to you and be burdened, but uh, you don't necessarily have to be their last endpoint. In fact, you might just be the very, very beginning. And in fact, very often approaching people who have uh, or dealing with people who come to you with issues as you having great copious amounts of humility that you are not going to solve their issue uh, is actually probably one of the first best ways to help them deal with an issue is that they have a person who is faithful to them but not trying to or not ultimately going to um, fix every minute detail of the thing so how do you do that if the friend is continuously coming to you Mm -hmm. and venting to you or unloading on you how do you do that in a gentle way of saying like i'm not going to be able to fix this for you but like maybe we could do x y and z together Right. Uh, without that friend thinking, why do you hate me? <laughs> do you know, I, I would say that, you know, I also want to, you know, extend or counter or offer also a bit more insight into what uh, I also just said there and uh, sort of addressing what you just said too, Mary. Um, every Christian is called to a compassion. Compassion is one of the uh, virtues that our Lord demonstrates even for us and that he uh, he extends also to the ministry of his disciples all of you listening every Christian that we also ought to be in uh, compassionate to our brothers and sisters and compassion of course is a Latin word which means to suffer with other people but there's only so much in the way that we can uh, suffer with a, another person When a person is coming and speaking to you and unloading, and if perhaps you feel that it's a bit much, I would say remain faithful to them 
and then with as much tenderness and love with understanding the pain that they're going through in fact uh, and being there as much as is capable but not not to the point of where you become encumbered in a wrong way yourself of course perhaps to be encumbered a bit is to be expected but where you begin to help guide the person um, in love to understand that they need to seek certain other avenues and again I said that a lot of this happens when you do so in in humility when you the more you admit to not being capable but but very much loving the more that a person is able to release themselves from just hanging on to you can I just jump in here for a second because I think hearing sort of both approaches makes me wonder if we need to almost define what it means to bear one another's burdens because I think there's one way of looking at it which is someone's coming to me with a problem and now I feel that their problem is my problem and I have to help them solve that problem versus I think what you're saying father around kind of bearing almost the pain of of another's burden with a compassionate heart and when you're seeing someone who is struggling with with something whether it's someone you know or even just someone you're passing by on the street like your heart breaking for for the broken essentially how do we do that in a way that is not um overwhelming or that is not going to um break us in 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 some right and you know i i must also say that uh certain people have charisms to be able to uh stretch and to do more things uh you know different people are called to different walks of life what mother teresa um allowed the kind of burden that she would have allowed herself to carry uh the compassion that she exuded uh, toward others isn't hook line and sinker supposed to be for the walk of every christian so every single one of us is uh, made uniquely and special and our capacities are different and where it is that we will uh, bear the burden of each other in society and in the church and uh, the world in our lives is going to be um, is going to be unique and so it isn't a one-size-fits-all or something that we need to imitate in other people one of the saints did say however that um, that in speaking about the poor and you could perhaps extend this extend this to anyone who's suffering um the poor will not will never forgive you for the false love that you show them so if you for example are trying to bear the burden of someone who's hungry and you give them a sandwich but you do not genuinely love them if there isn't a kind of equality if there isn't a a friendship then in fact the sandwich you give them only pushes them further into their poverty and makes them realize that they are below you so there is a lot that's going on when you're attempting to bear the burdens of each other yes we are called to do so but there you know again i i very much would be concerned that a person would listen and imagine that you know for some people they might think now i need to be the all in all for a person i think especially in our adolescent years some of us become very messianic. Uh, there are those that do that and think that they could, uh, you know, f they were born into this world to solve the issues of all people. And, you know, also in our adolescence, some of us have friends which very much bear down on us that uh, feel that, you know, uh, uh, they have sort of made us into the person who's going to be their salvation in all things. 
and that also uh you know i would say that uh that could be problematic and bearing such a person's burden there wouldn't be uh entirely right it may even be uh going back to what i said that uh the saint had said um it may even be your help of them might be more selfish and egocentric than it is actually for that person's genuine help and i think that very often people who do get into the helping field need to recognize who why it is that they're helping is it for themselves am i helping this person for me for whatever personal gain i have because in that case again you know ultimately the help you're giving is actually not going to work out uh, it has to be entirely because you wish to uh, suffer with the person you recognize their suffering and uh, not your own uh, not your own selfish gratification that can come from that I think I always think of this and I always say like you are not going to save anyone sometimes we have that mindset of like if I just help them a little bit more if I just see them through this particular challenge then like maybe they'll change or maybe they'll get better or maybe they'll get closer to God whatever it is the, the idea that you have in your mind but I always say it's not you who saves or it's not you that's gonna change the situation it's God's intervention that's amen, gonna do that amen amen right like and I think and when we get that twisted, that's when things get confusing. Amen. And there's a kind of uh, tucked in atheism when we do that, when we think that we can be uh, the salvation of a person and that God is not, uh, that there is no place for God or that rather that we have to do everything. Then what essentially we're saying is uh, there is no God, that we are God. Um, and so that's why we have to take it upon ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. So then trying to make that a bit more practical. If we have someone in our lives who is struggling with something and we've acknowledged, okay, it's not, it's not on me to, to fix it, but you're still kind of wanting to be there in, in support, but also submitting it to God wholeheartedly without taking on any of that responsibility. How do we practically do that? Yeah, I, I think uh again this is a good plug for why we ought to have a prayer life and why we ought to pray for the people in our lives and i think if we the more that it seems like a person is suffering the more that we commit that to prayer then even the feedback that hopefully we hear uh through uh that the ideas that come to us the uh, uh things that we hear in scripture the encounters that we have in life sometimes they could be uh, they could help guide us or or create pathways for us to begin to uh, help such people so i think firstly bringing a person's uh, angst uh, your friends or those in your family to uh, to prayer is going to be a very a good first uh, step i i also think too that uh, as we've been speaking here of really not trying to be the solver and the you know, executioner of things is certainly important to be a humble brother or sister to that person be as humble as you possibly can and don't be their their doctor or their teacher their priest just be a friend and i think that you know so many of us suffer in this world because uh, we just don't allow ourselves that opportunity to be friends. So much good happens in this world 
when we are friends, when we are on an equal uh, horizontal plane with another person, even a person who you might have nothing in common with, um, a poor man on the street, you uh, or the, somebody that you encounter perhaps, uh, you ha have to locate friendship with that person. There has to be equality before there can be help. And so somebody even that you've known for a long time perhaps and you try to help them, if there is no equality, then there can be no help. Uh, and so you you have to come to a place of extreme um, extreme smallness and uh, allow yes for uh, for uh, allow for what the beauty and friendship uh, to come forward. You know, when you were talking about being genuine and listening, I was thinking of. Um a situation a couple of weeks ago where I was speaking with someone from the parish actually and um, they were you know had someone who had been through a lot and they were speaking about how at their very worst that they remembered speaking with someone else from the parish who just was there to listen and who was genuinely present and attentive and caring and non-judgmental and they did nothing and really could do nothing to help this person in the situation that they were in but just being there genuinely made all the difference in the world and years later this person is still recounting this one interaction as something that had a very meaningful impact on their life so it's it just it brought me back to that that sometimes it's the smallest of things that we do that make the biggest impact to people. I wholeheartedly agree. When we think of the uh, systemic issues that are in society, I think that our being present, and as opposed to our forceful trying, our forceful attempt to make changes, is far more impactful in a person's life. I think when we speak of uh, people who suffer under the bondage of poverty, uh, they're not necessarily looking for us to go and march, I think. I, I believe that a person is looking for uh, another person to be there, to be present. And presence is a huge thing. You know, I was really taken back, uh, and I'm, I remind myself this as a pastor, of uh, Mr. Rogers, who was... Uh, who said or was said of him that when he spoke to a person he acted as though they were the only person in the room they were wholly present and you know what kind of gifts uh, that are unloaded to that person when they are having a real person fully present in front of them that's a kind of gift that's uh, that's being bestowed on them and then in turn the in turn they are also um what comes out of them it can be very redemptive and rest restorative uh, to their own issues. This uh, this gift of presence might just be might just be enough, and actually, so much. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to show up and be present. I think everyone approaches this with like the best of intentions. They genuinely just want to help their friend out or mm -hmm. the person that approaches them out. Like they really do just want to be supportive, whether it's mm -hmm. being present or assisting in one way, shape or form. But I think sometimes we never pause and think like, Hey, 
maybe this is no longer in my hands. Maybe mm-hmm. I can no longer assist in any way. So how do I identify that and almost recognize when it's time to call in support or mm-hmm. when it's time to call in a third party into this because obviously I'm not helping you in any way and the situation is actually getting worse mm-hmm. than it is getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to uh, it's good to make a distinction between uh, how you can bear the burden of somebody uh, who is going through something that is within your capacity. Say you have a friend who struggles with their math homework and you're a person who's competent and capable and uh, you can maybe offer some help versus a person who perhaps is in distress of some sort or dealing with something that is uh, is, is potentially very large and destructive and, as you say, Mary, uh, getting worse and worse. How do we know uh, when we're not the right person? I think, again, having a kind of desire to see the best for our friend and if we desire to see the best in our friend, then we approach all situations with uh, v- with extreme humility and uh, deference and always being attentively aware that uh, unless I'm extremely capable and confident in what it is that's being presented, again, I got a 99 in math and this person is asking for math help, then I'm qualified. But if the person is presenting me with, say, um, situational abuse or uh, some sort of uh, you know dilemma in a relationship uh, then perhaps I might want to begin to explore with the person the possibility of speaking to somebody who is therefore an expert in that regard knowing that I have yet to become an expert in that regard no one could be all in all so yeah if the person again wants to learn how to improve their math mark, great. But if it's something that you recognize that you could not possibly be an expert in, then maybe seeking out uh, pathways to finding the expert in that, uh, that should be, that should probably be where I would go. On that note, thank you so much for being here with us. It's nice chatting. Thanks again for tuning in today. Just a reminder that if anything we've said resonated with you, be sure to take a moment to reflect and pray. If you need more guidance or support, please seek out a trusted friend, family member, mentor, or mental health professional. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Orthodox Church. And on that note, we're your hosts, Miriam and Mary, and it was so great catching up with you today. Till next time, love you, bestie.